0: Hello. Ah, hello. I got two free smartphones when I switched to MetroPCS. One for him and one for me. Uh, it's not for you. It's for people like me. And parents. Ah. I knew I should have gotten a dog. Get two free Samsung Galaxy J3 Prime smartphones when you switch two lines to MetroPCS and enjoy a 4G LTE network that's more reliable than ever before. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Exclusive numbers on the T-Mobile network are active on MetroPCS in past 90 days. See store for details, terms, and conditions.
1: Good morning and welcome to zero today i am your humble host pastor lorenzo neal hailing from cajun land usa here to present you with seeds of wisdom insight empowerment and liberation we're here to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and to help you empower you our listeners always every time we get on this show we are going to empower you our listeners to knowing and impacting the world around you And we take good pleasure in doing that. And I tell you, it's been a crazy start to the day. It's been a crazy start to the week, but God is good all the time. So we're just glad to be able to do the show uh, again this day, this Veterans Day. Um, So as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There are several ways you can do that. Uh, All of our social media sites, you can go to visit Facebook, Twitter. Uh, We're on Zeron Network on Facebook at uh, Zero Radio on Twitter and my personal handle is at Prophesy. Also um, go to the show page and go in and join in the live uh, chat room. Um, It's been crazy. uh, I'll update you in a second. Um, And um, join the chat room. Follow the show. Subscribe to the show. Like the show. You might see other shows that you like. Follow. You can also follow those shows um, there and uh, visit my personal page and That's my website and you go there and check out Great stories and things I may Reblog from other sites But anyway, but the best way To always get in, get in And get your thoughts on the air is to call The number is 347-237-5230 That's the number to call to get your thoughts Insight, dialogue, commentary Whatever it may be Live on the air Like I said before It's been a crazy day I literally just got everything up so I could do the show because, I mean, <laughs> Wi-Fi hasn't been going, hasn't been working here in the office. Uh, I've had to switch out computers because one was not working. I, it's just been a crazy day. <laughs> but God is still good. But uh, So before we go further into the into the show, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, Father, we thank you again for this day. It's truly a day that you've made. We choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be found acceptable in your sight. We pray this in your name. Amen. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there in Radio Land, Internet World, whatever they call it. Happy Veterans Day. I want to personally uh salute uh the veterans of the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church. We have several veterans from spanning from World War II. Matter of fact, our oldest male member Mr. William Dallison is turning 99 this month. matter of fact, uh, next week he would be turning 99. Still going strong. He's a veteran of World War II and uh, Korea, I believe, also Korea. But I think just uh, I, I know his major service was in World War II. And I get a chance uh, at least once a month just to hear some wonderful stories. He always loves telling me his stories. <laughs> and he has lived a very, very wonderful long life. And we have other members who've been in every, um, p- from Korea, from World War II, all, into, all the way to this present conflict in Iraq and Iran, and I mean, Iraq and Afghanistan. So uh, I want to take time to salute those uh, men and women of the New Bethel AME Church for their service. And also my brother, Kevin Neal, and my aunt, Prime Jackson, uh, Jackson Johnson, who is um they are both uh, military veterans, my brother from the Navy and my aunt from the Air Force, both retired and doing well. And to all of those else, all the other persons, we just thank you for your service. Thank you for the time that you put into. And I, I like to share this story. Um, I tried my best to get enlisted. I, I I took the ASVAB and I scored very high, uh, but uh Diabetes got the best of me. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, you know, well, I won't say I wouldn't manage it. It wasn't managed. I couldn't gain four pounds. <laughs> I I needed to gain four pounds to get into the state, the uh, Louisiana National Guard, and I couldn't do it. It's six months. I gave it me six months to gain four pounds, and I could do it. But um, <laughs> then I tried again in, in college to try to get into ROTC. And that didn't work out, but God knows best. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. (laughs) Uh, That don't count. (laughs) But we thank you for your service. There's a lot we're going to talk about today, but mostly we're going to talk about this Starbucks protest, boycott, whatever it is, these folk are calling themselves doing on behalf of Christians. So uh, we'll talk about that. But there's a a lot of other things to get into. Let's start off today uh, with the, news, this day marks the one-year anniversary of a terrible plane crash that claimed the lives of Dr. Miles Monroe, his wife, and several uh, ministry leaders, ministry team members, and uh, also the pilots of the plane that he was flying. He was flying somewhere in the Bahamas, and they crashed. And um, So uh, this year, this this marks a year, and you go to several sites, and they're honoring Dr. Monroe. Dr. Monroe, Dr. Marles Monroe was a prolific writer. He was a entrepreneur. He was a uh, a teacher. He was a businessman. He, he did a lot of things outside the realm of the Christian church that brought him international renown. And we celebrate him and his legacy. That's still going on there in the Bahamas and uh, across the world. So, um, it's a wonderful thing. Also, about a year ago, there was a pastor who was met, who was murdered outside of Memphis, and um, uh, we take this moment to remember him and his church family. Uh, I can't think of the name of the church right now. it's kind of out of my <laughs> right now. Um, but anyway, that that's one of the things that's that's going on so um if you're not aware or if you are aware the church of god in christ held their holy convocation they are 108th holy convocation in the city of st louis they've been doing it in st louis for several years now uh at least the last four i believe and uh this time last year the uh young man um Andrew uh, Codwell and Bishop Brandon Porter made a uh, video went viral when he declared that he had been delivered. <laughs> he didn't like men's no moves. and uh, so that that video went viral. And in lot, I, I tell you, we, we had so much fun with Andrew Codwell. Of course, he he got his little fifteen minutes of fame, and went <laughs> went on. I think it was Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Kimble, Kendall, or whatever the guy's name. <clears throat> One of those late night talk shows he did, and he made his rounds. You know, and uh, he's still kind of, I guess he's still. Well, he's my Facebook friend, and uh, he recently announced not only was he uh, not gay, but he also had a girlfriend. <laughs> and again, you know why he did that? I don't know because he just set him up. He set himself up for a lot of laughs from me and many others and, you know i'm, I'm repenting now because it was funny <laughs> i laugh but uh he is what he says he is he believes so he is anyway but um that that video that went viral was on the off uh was the offshoot of the preaching of one dr earl carter and uh his video later went viral also because he talked about sissies and you know sissy is the, that's a slur for, uh, for, for homosexual, And he went on, I mean, he went on the war path, uh, church of God in Christ and what they're allowing in the church, particularly in the church, you know, um, now I'm not saying that it's not evident in any other, other bodies cause it is, but, uh, particularly in the Church of God in Christ, and what he preached has now gone into a full-fledged war between uh, Dr. Carter and the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ, uh, the Right Reverend Dr. uh, Bishop Charles E. Blake. Now, uh, Carter didn't uh, Car Car opened a can of worms because what he, he basically said what wasn't supposed to be said during a holy convocation. I've been a uh, the Koji convocation for I, man, I can't tell you the number of times I've gone when it was in Memphis. I went just about every year, and you know I enjoyed the midnight musical, all the parade of fashion, the gospel superstars who were there, and you just you know you know you got to be. In the place, uh, aside from going to Carlton Pearson's Azusa, Street, Azusa meetings in Tulsa, going to <laughs> the Kojic Convocation in in Memphis was it that w- that was it. You know, you didn't go if you weren't going to go two places. You went to Carlton Bishop uh, Carlton Pearson's meeting, and then you went to uh, Kojic. and you know, you went other places in between. I'm just saying those were where I went when I was in a part of those movements, even though I wasn't kojic and really wasn't charismatic it's just the fact that i i enjoyed those environments but everybody knew what went on at those environments everybody knew what went on at kojic after hours and now kojic the church of godly christ is being you know they have a plethora of lawsuits they have a plethora of pedophilia uh and many other things uh Uh, pastoral abuse that's taking place in the church that is being covered up has been covered up just like in the catholic church and just like some in african methodism you know we had our issues and we were able to move people around you know preachers around that's what the coaching was doing and it's causing a stir but that 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 sermon that dr carter preached has gone into has turned into an all-out war so much so that um he was not even permitted to attend this year's Holy Convocation. Matter of fact, he wasn't even allowed to get a hotel room. He was turned away from a hotel room. He was turned away from the arena where the meeting was being held. He was basically being uh, uh, blue-balled, black or whatever it is, by the Church of God in Christ. Because he went on record saying that not only is the Church of God in Christ, uh, you know, very carnal, but the leadership is also. So he was calling out Bishop Blake and all the leadership, the general board members. I mean, he was just, he went off. And, and it's gotten very public, uh, at least in the church world, you know, not not so much in the secular world, but in the church world, it's gotten public and it's really, really raised a lot of questions about accountability, you know, within the ranks of clergy, uh, denominator sh- leadership and all of that. but. It is what it is, right? Uh, so uh, now that it's over, the question is, begs to be whether the Kojic will uh, deeply reexamine themselves and the ministry and uh, will they have a stricter means of vetting preachers. And I'm going to talk about that again. I, I've talked about it before, but uh, uh, how 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 can you really vet preachers? Somebody who said they're calling, yeah, we have a process. Every every place has a process for ordination. Uh, but sometimes, you know, people get through. We have some in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. They, they, they get through. They get through the cracks, and uh, even you can properly vet them through the Board of Examiners and uh, Presbyterian and the Baptist Church and all that, you know, however you choose to do it. Uh, but anyway, the, the theory that is created between those two it has has brought out some nasty things about the Church of God in Christ, and and people are lamenting the fact that this great Zion, you know, the first Black Pentecostal denomination and the largest uh, um, Black Pentecostal denomination, is is going through this mess. And there, there, you go to uh, I, I think. Um, um the old black church, I think she talked about it a little bit, this idea uh that now Bishop Blake has cannot be touched, you know, cannot be spoken against, or you know, he's immutable and immovable and irrefutable and infallible. That's the idea is given. I'm not saying that he is, but you know, by them by those protecting him from slander. Maybe it is slander, maybe it is not slander. But when it, if you've been in ministry, if you're a preacher. Uh, and you've been in ministry for a while, you know. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, Doctor Michael Eric Dyson wrote a book, uh, uh wrote wrote a uh, an essay about um, uh, um, sexuality in the black church, and he told a story when he was a young preacher, and and, and um, it was this big time preacher who came to the church that he was an associate minister, and he was young in the ministry and. So he was kind of serving at this as this preacher's armor bearer, I guess you can say. Anyway, and so while he was, you know, carrying his bags and whatever, after the preacher preached the service, and they went back into the pastor's office or pastor's study, and he said, he said the preacher told him said uh, told the pastor said there was a woman out there that I saw. And, you know, he described the woman and the pastor readily, you know, acknowledged who the woman was and said, well, you want to get with her? And apparently he got he hooked up that the visiting preacher up with the woman that he wanted. <laughs> and, you know, and Dyson recalls that this blew his mind because this preacher had just spoken against the very thing that he was now about to engage in. And, you know, I've done that. I'm sure other preachers have done that. Some intentionally, some unintentionally. But there have been plenty of times where we, you know, we rail against. And I talked about this on you know, my Periscope the other day. You know, we rail against stuff, and then, you know, in private, the very thing that we rail against, proclaim against, is what we indulge in. You know, it's kind of like the, the the nature of the beast. But I, I don't. I, I don't encourage, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a sad thing that's happening in the church, of God in Christ. And, uh, you know, while we wish that it wouldn't happen, uh, we do know that it does. And that's just some things, you know, you just can't get around. So, but yeah, you could go to the, um, pimp preacher, uh, not pimp preacher, uh, church lady blogs and there's more information about that uh, and um what I was saying. Uh Billy, ba- uh, Billy Graham is turning ninety seven has turned ninety seven and uh, still going strong, still um uh while his son Franklin uh is basically um doing the bulk of ministry work. Uh his grandson is involved with uh the ministry and you know it it's the work of Billy Graham is still going on, and we celebrate God's life for him. Last week, a um, historic thing happened here in in Jackson, Mississippi, between the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, National Baptist Convention, USA. Uh, both the presidents of the presidents of both of those organizations met here um, as an act of racial unity. Uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd, who's a pastor in Arkansas, and uh, Dr. Jerry, uh, what's his last name? Uh, doggone, I should know that, right? <laughs> Since he passes right here. And, uh, uh, oh boy, 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 boy. Well, he's the pastor, <laughs> the National Baptist. <laughs> convention usa and it's sad because his church is just literally about a, a mile up the road from mine <laughs> maybe two miles that's just sad uh but um they 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 met and uh a group of clergy and others celebrated uh the idea of racial unity between uh the two and uh i i i remember i i was when I was Baptist, I was duly aligned, duly affiliated. I was a Southern Baptist preacher and a uh, and a National Baptist uh, preacher. I served duly, and I, I was able to serve both communities of faith without prejudice. I was able to preach in the white churches and the black churches, and I had no matter of fact. <laughs> I think I ate a little better in the white church. <laughs> they 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 didn't always have fried chicken they had other stuff you know you know what i was food, but i had a great experience when i was in the arkansas baptist association i was working with the harmony baptist association at the time i don't know if it's still on record or not may not be you know uh but i was able to uh help recruit some black churches into the uh arkansas baptist convention uh for the southern baptist convention and uh it was wonderful time that i enjoyed one of time of service and when I was a student and at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, one of the things I was involved in was the Baptist Student Union, and I gotta, I have to say this, that the uh, Baptist Student Union was largely supported by uh, many of the Southern Baptist churches, the white Southern Baptist churches. Um, I, when I say largely supported, I, I mean. Not only did they allow us students to attend their churches, and I went to both black and white churches on Sundays. Uh, Sunday morning, I'd be at the black church because I I played for a couple, and you know I had fun at the church. And then Sunday evening, and they still there were a couple of black, white Baptist churches that still had evening services. That's where I would go on Sunday evenings, and I'd have a great talk. Matter of fact, I, I had the privilege of preaching at a. Uh, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, which is the uh former Arkansas governor, uh, Mike Huckabee, pastor in Time Bluff, Arkansas, I had the chance to uh, preach there on occasion, and um, it was wonderful. I, I enjoyed that, and I, I said all that to say that when we're talking about racial reconciliation, the biggest driver and instigators of this are, are those who are called Christians, you know. segregation. Matter of factly, uh, (laughs) I I say this with love. I I love my white evangelical brothers and sisters. I don't quite understand sometimes how they um, participate or engage in racial ideologies without uh, fully understanding that they are, because I always come across a a brother-beloved in christ or a sister beloved in christ and they would say i love you brother i love you with the love of christ and then turn around if they feel that their, uh you know their race is being infringed upon and they they can say some of the foulest things and i've heard some some uh white brothers and sisters beloved say some stuff more out of disgust and frustration <laughs> because they felt they were being infringed upon you know, racially but that's a whole different thing that's a a whole different thing but look, I'm going to take this break and um, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this whatever it is Uh, 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 (laughs) this protest that they are that, that they are doing against Starbucks so take a quick break be back right after this cashback card from Capital One. It's not to juggle a bunch of rotating categories cards. not to sign up for rewards each quarter card. It's the no games, no messing around, no earning limit having, do I look like I'm joking,
0: turbo boosting heavyweight Kevin of the world!
1: Cashback card. This is the Quicksilver cashback card from Capital One. Unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase everywhere, every damn day. Now tell me, what's in your wallet? We name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's FloBot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like,
0: small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, FloBot. Great job. Oops.
1: Uh-oh. FloBot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place
0: where I can be involved.
1: I'm a part of a place where everything is possible.
0: I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It's our favorite Yours and mine Because we found it together On a walk, walk, walk Love to walk A long walk A a walk with you A walk I smelled squirrels on But I
1: stayed by your side Because I could tell Could feel That you had a bad day And me being bad Wouldn't make it any better But being there was already helping a little anyway And then We found that wonderful thing waiting there waiting for you and me and you smiled and threw it
0: and I decided right when I picked it up I would never ever leave it anywhere
1: ever because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play and that had made you smile
0: put more play in your day Beneful, play it's good for you
1: today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, modern fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. Thank you. Today again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And uh, you know what? I, I, I love doing this show, I really do, and I appreciate all your listeners. I, I didn't get a chance to do as much uh promo as I wanted to. Like I say, um, technology has not been my friend the last couple of days, <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I are even though I had enough show prep and all this stuff, I just could not get it out. So, I appreciate those of you who may be. Uh, listening live if you're not listening live you're listening to the archive show I just want to appreciate you and let you know I thank you for it. Uh keep listening, like the show, subscribe to the show, follow the show, follow me on Facebook um, and all my social media. You can find there. Anyway, so uh so I appreciate it. Um now on to the topic for today Christians boycotting Starbucks because they're decorative holiday cups. Yes, you heard me. They're decorative holiday cups that Starbucks uses every year. Apparently, they go from white cups to red cups during the holiday season, and um these memorless red cups have no Christmas design, no snowflakes, no tree, no nothing. And that prompted one <laughs> one person to put forth a challenge. Uh <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't believe it. Uh one uh youth pastor out of Florida uh what's the guy's name? Um Nate Weaver, who is the uh student pastor at Cross Point Christian Church in Sarasota, Florida, has vowed never to go to Starbucks Starbucks again. And uh in the video in the video he um you can go there, I don't know if it's on YouTube, yeah, I think it's on youtube, but i you know I saw it on several other sites. He strongly believes that Starbucks is has declared or basically has taken Christ out of Christmas because they have nothing christmas related on their cups, and this is a sign to him that uh this this devilish company this demon-driven comp- capitalist company <laughs> is raging a war against christmas of course you know fox fox news does this every year they always uh bill o'reilly and uh the likes uh those other personalities on fox news channel they love this time of year because they declare that it is a war on christmas There's more attacks. On the holiday, matter of fact, they don't like people People don't want it to be called a holiday They don't want to hear you say Happy holidays, they don't want to hear you Merry Christmas and <laughs> So forth and so on So he issued this challenge On YouTube for every Christian To, uh, if, you are, if you Are a solid Christian That you need to protest Because this is a clearly An assault against Your faith Now that would be fine if it had, you know, if it had just stayed local, excuse me, uh, but other people took it up. They took up this mantle and they've run with it. They have declared Starbucks worse than an infidel, the company. Now, the company vice president of design said that the reason they used this cup uh, was, you know, to maintain, was to give a sense of. The simplicity and the quietness of the holiday, the holiday season. And you know, I have to agree with them too much. I, I'm going to tell you how bad it is. October 31st was Halloween. By November 1st, the first day, All Saints' Day, Christmas decorations were up in stores. I went to a family dollar, and I mean, I went on a Monday after uh after Halloween and not only did they have Christmas, you know, those plastic Christmas trees that you can put together, you know, not only did they have them up front already, but they were playing holiday music and it was still, I mean, it's just November. I remember growing up as a kid, you didn't do anything Christmas related until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's gotten so bad now that uh, uh, thank, I love capitalism. I, 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 I believe in capitalism principles. I'm, you know, not extreme capitalist, but I, I appreciate the principles that capitalism has has brought about as far as you know a free market system that we enjoy here in the United States. I, I'm glad for it. Matter of fact, churches have benefited from it because every church is a free market system. That's a whole different thing, but anyway, uh, the 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 advertising for Christmas is getting earlier and earlier. You know, I remember, you know, it used to be just a funny little thing to have Christmas in July, but now people actually there are some stores that actually do pre-Christmas sales in July, start layaway for Christmas in July, and earlier and earlier, and the products are larger and larger, and the enticement is to get it now. Because if you don't get it now, you won't be able to enjoy, you know, it's going to be a higher price. It's going to be, you know, a greater demand. So get it now, and that way you will already have your Christmas. It is. It's what it is. But we're really forgetting the the whole thing here, you know. These guys are talking about symbols, snowflakes, Santa Claus trees you know uh, things like that that has absolutely nothing to do with the christ mass the mass of the christ that's what christmas is the mass of the christ okay and you know i'm not going to get into we 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 know (laughs) we we know it's been proven we know that Jesus of Nazareth was not born on December 25th. We know that that was an adopted pagan holiday. We know the reason that the church, the Roman Catholic Church, adopted that day too, is was to entice those who were a part of that, you know, the Eastern uh, Western Europe pagan tradition to to be a part of the, the Christian Church as they made conquests, as they as they marched on upward, you know, and conquered. Uh, more lands, they demanded that you become a Christian, but they also allowed you to continue, you know, your basic standard beliefs, and and that's part of the problem why Christianity today is so messed up. Um, I, this this conglomeration of um paganism that's very very evident in our Christian worship, and we got you, you can't get around it; it's just reality, you know. Uh, it's just a reality uh and 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 we're raising a fuss about a cup with a snowflake or whatever you know scenic holiday symbols or designs they put on there, really, and I saw one guy who went to a Starbucks and got the red cup, and he decided to say well. I make my own design. He wrote John three sixteen and of course he posted. I don't know why he wrote John three sixteen you know that that that's a whole different argument, yeah, I know some probably saying, well, you know, it says so God so loved the world, that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, exactly. I know I got that part, but you're talking about a secular company. My question is, why in the world are we – why why are some Christians even bothering, wasting their energy, protesting against a secular company? This is a company that has no – absolutely no no investment, the Christian church. I'm not sure if the CEO or founder, if he's a, a Christian or not. He may be. I don't know. He may be. And atheist. I don't, I don't know anything about them. Uh, I know there, there are, are are persons who work for Starbucks who might be Christian, but you know, Christ, uh Starbucks is the hip place to be. You know, you go to Starbucks, and, and when I go to Starbucks, I go because it, you know, it's calm, it's relaxed. You know, I feel hip, I feel cool, even when I'm just drinking a bottle of water. But the idea that we uh, some Christians are wasting energy on this pitiful protest—it's just—it's—it uh, just—it makes me wonder what their passion really is. Is their passion for the Christ, or is it for a cause? And you gotta understand, those are two two separate things. Um, Because when I talk about the Christ, I'm not talking about the cause of Christ because so many people put the cause of Christ as something else. You got to understand, the Crusades were supposedly about Christ, and I'm not talking about the first and second ones. I'm talking about the ones later. You know, there's about a dozen of them. (laughs) I'm talking about the ones where the Roman Catholic Church took out uh, Christians because they were not Roman Catholics that was a cause for christ to them or about when the yeah it was the roman catholic church particularly when i think about you know i, I think about the roman catholic church in this particular crusade against the huguenots and the other uh there was another little group in france where um one <laughs> the huguenots were protestants and they uh the queen allowed them Allowed the Roman Catholic Church and and the French, you know, government to pretty much massacre the Huguenots, and there was another group. Um, they were peculiar Christians also in France, and uh, <laughs> and the Pope believed that they engaged in in uh, illicit immoral sexual activities during mass, or you know, as a means of extra. They they considered them gnostic. Christians, you know, and engaged in things outside of the, the relative uh, orthodox church. And they raised war against them. Again, for Christ. And and, and I did a whole lot, you know, I, I searched the web, and I I was trying to really, you know, I, I went through a timeline of the Western Church, that, you know, of several resources that I used. And during these timelines, I saw periods where it you know, I won't call them protests, but they were wars. You know, think about the Reformation with Martin Luther. Matter of fact, Martin Luther's Reformation uh, began as a protest against the Catholic Church sale uh, of um, what what was it called indulgences? You know, or, or something like that, where you know you you basically could, could buy your way out of purgatory or out of uh, out of sin. You know. Yeah, and so you know he, he, that that protest and him posting his 95 theses at the Wittenberg Church, uh, at the church on the door—I I need to say that right—but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was a that was a means of protest, but look what it respond. You know, the, the response to that created an entire new form of Christianity, the Protestant Church as we know it today. That, you know, sprung others like uh, Zwingli and um, Calvin. And then, of course, later on, a couple of centuries later, you know, you had the good old King Henry who decided that he wanted to get divorced. Pope wouldn't allow it. So he just declared himself the head of his own church. And we get the English Reformation. The wars that, you know, that lasted for centuries. You know, I'm not talking about decades, but centuries between Protestants and Catholics, both in England and in Ireland. As a matter of fact, <laughs> in, in Ireland the case didn't end until you know the twentieth century. Catholics and Romans, Catholics and the Protestants were still fighting as you know, far back as the seventies and eighties, killing each other. And here in the states, here in the states, uh, we we did have various forms of that. Um, but this it has climaxed more recently at the latter part of the twentieth century when you had the Christian correlation and now uh the the right, you know, uh the Christian white Christian right, not Christian white. <laughs> my, my my but um we saw this onslaught uh as uh as these Christians under leadership Jerry Falwell, uh, Pat Robertson, and others. I, I, there, there are many different factions under this, but pri- those are the two primary uh, leaders. Um, and the guy who's over um, focuses on the family. Uh, these guys led a a a big revolution during the Nixon years, during the Reagan years, and um bush years really brought brought a, a great great intensity to it but uh these guys you know they found causes they literally would find stuff now I'm not talking about um uh focus on the family and their protest on pornography that that's very noble and that was it actually it helped you know they uh he was able to do a, a interview with uh serial serial killer Ted Bundy and and get Ted Bundy to admit that one of the reasons that drove him to become a murderer was pornography <laughs> now you know that was good for that was good for for focus on the family to promote their ideology but you know that's either here or there but these guys found stuff and began to encourage Christians to boycott some of the, some of the most insane things especially when it came to secular companies. And I I still don't understand this to this day. Why do Christians boycott secular companies? They're secular. They're not trying to appease to a Christian crowd. They're all about the good old American dollar. Customers. Bigger and better quality merchandise. You know, bigger and better, better advertise, that's what they're about. That's what drives them. They do not operate from a moral center. Now, <laughs> excuse me. Oh boy, excuse me. Now there are some companies that you know they do have you know, a moral center that they will not go so far. I I I'll never forget, forget when, um, what is the One Million Moms or something like that boycott, uh, encourages boycott of JCPenney because they hired Ellen DeGeneres as a spokesperson. She was not hired as the CEO. She was not hired for anything. She was hired as a spokesperson. And because Ellen DeGeneres is uh, a gay and not a gay, but because she's gay, they felt that that was and infringement on their Christian Christian values to shop at the store. I, I don't know what they thinking you know, or what. But anyway, they rallied, rallied and rallied and rallied and got people to buy into that and you know and JC actually suffered. So I don't know if they considered it as a success or not, but uh JC sales failed. You know of course I'm sure there's other things that plot gladiating in that but here, here's the thing. When when Christians protest such things under the guise of war on Christ, war on Christmas, or anything to that nature, in some ways they're hurting themselves because they use the very same thing to promote their ideology, our beliefs. What do you think churches do? Churches do the same thing. Churches do not churches advertise exclusively to Christians, for the most part. You know their their services tailored. And now there are some who who have tailored their service to be seeker friendly. You know, you know they 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 don't want to come across as being Christian. They just want to come across as being normal people who just happen to worship place on a particular day at a particular time. In a particular manner, and don't want you to be offended, and we want you to come and join our particular community, yeah. And but the same, the same opportunities that these or well, these businesses use, churches use, um, uh, they they, in so many ways, it is kind of contrary to the very freedom that. Uh, some of those Christians promote or espouse the views, the idea that you can do what you want to do because this is a free country, you know, first amendment rights and so forth and so on. And according to the government, and now thanks to Obamacare, we have learned that corporations are living entities. And as such, they are entitled to decisions Just as an individual can make a decision. And so, you know, those persons who are, you know, uh, protested Obamacare's contraceptive uh, thing, you know, Hobby Lobby and such, they were saying that um, they had this. They had the ability to do so because they were uh, under the law as a corporation functioning as an individual so they could do what they wanted to do. Now, if you use that same argument uh, for Starbucks, and guess what? The same argument will work. They are corporations. Starbucks is a corporation. There's Hobby Lobby and other uh, uh, for profit companies argued that they should not be forced to follow the mandate under uh, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, well, Christians, you, You cannot force them to follow the mandate of Christmas. I know that doesn't make sense to you because, you know, everybody should love Christmas. Everybody should see Christmas and they should see Santa Claus. They should see elves. They should see stockings. They should see Christmas trees. They should see snowflakes. And none of that has anything to do with the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. Absolutely nothing. So while you're arguing that they're w- declaring a war on Christianity and Christmas, when well, we know that that has nothing—those things that you're arguing should be on the cup—have no no relationship to the reason for the holiday season to begin with. Your argument is 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 is, is lost. It's a fallacy. The whole thing is built on the fallacy. Very bad fallacy. And you know the idea that these guys, these persons, including Donald Trump, you know, he'll jump on the bandwagon because he's trying to get popular votes. Um. The the reality is, if if, if we if we put out so much passion for that then where's the real passion for Christ? For the souls that are being lost. Because the gospel that they're seeing is being tinged with homophobia, being tinged with hate of all kinds, being tinged with this insensitivity to humanity and all its ways. And you know you, you don't have to. That doesn't mean you agree with thing, some things. You don't have to agree with. You have to respect. And Starbucks is a business. Starbucks is a business to do whatever the heck it wants. And just because you good Christian folk have protests, they making they making more money. Just <laughs> just because people are saying, okay, we're going to show you how dumb it is that you're you know, what you're protesting against. They're making more money. They're taking it right onto the bank. And you and others, those of you who are, those who are participating in it, are wasting your energy. The secular world is not attacking, well, I lie. The secular world is in some ways attacking Christianity. It, It is. It really is. The secular world is the secular world. But you are not of the world, believers. You're not of the world. You're called to come out from the world. So I don't see, you know, if there's a quote-unquote Christian uh, coffee shop, go to it. You ain't got to go to Starbucks. Big whoop. If it's a Christian Starbucks, Christian grocery store, Christian, you know, Christian-owned business. Support that. And then don't worry about it. You don't have to go to Starbucks. They don't need your money. It is what it is. But look, oh, I, I just think the passion that people are putting toward things that protest – now, there are some things that you just got to protest. For example, I uh, think about the University of Missouri and the campus leadership, uh, the graduate students and the other students, the football team that joined resolutely. And protesting against the racial injustices that were happening on that campus now i'm not a, i'm not a student there i don't know the uh underlying circumstances there but it was real enough to those students evident enough to staff members and others to realize that it it forced it demanded change so much so that when the football team and their sec football team <laughs> When those brothers say, no, nah, we ain't going to play another game to do step down. You you see what that happened? You see what happened when that that brought about real tangible change? Dude, step down. The president of the university stepped down. That brought about tangible change. The Black black Lives Movement that's that's happening, these protests and all this stuff, that has not brought about tangible change. We have not seen gun laws. Uh, reasonable, effective gun laws. We've not seen reasonably effective policies regarding policing. Yeah, they're getting body cams, but they're still not, you know, effective policies, and training and stuff like that. Because you still have the rogue cops, chips on the shoulder, both black and white, who've got to prove themselves. So when we're talking about protesting, we really, the the root of the matter is it must bring about some full tangible change. And you know, other than that, it's nothing else, nothing more than an idyllic venture In folly, and I put it the way John writes in chapter two: Follow lying vanities for sake their own mercy, and for today's contemporary church, apparently that's the way it's going. We're chasing lying vanity, we're following lying vanities. Believing that we create change by disrupting, by protesting, by boycotting the world, the secular that we're supposed to be a part of. No, we're not. We're not supposed to be a part of it, we're supposed to come out of it. That's our protest. I'm not talking about going, you know, being monk or hermits or anything like that. But becoming a the conglomerate body of Christ. Ministering to each other, as as Book of Acts writes, right? that every person had all things in common, and every person was able to share, except for Ananias and Sapphira, who decided they could lie to the Holy Spirit, and according to the scriptures, the narrative, the story, you know, they both decided they they con, and they both died. So those 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 two, you know, they didn't have it together, but. For everyone else in the body of Christ, we're supposed to have it together. We have no need to waste energy on foolish things like that. If we want to see change, we got to make it happen, not just by protesting. But if we're going to protest, we need to make sure that those protests produces tangible effects, legislation, businesses closing, stuff like that. Well, you know. It can be done, but I've run out of time. I appreciate it for all that you guys have been listening. Again, want to encourage you uh, to tune in to archive shows. Go to the uh, uh, zerotoday.com. I mean, uh, com slash zerotoday. You can catch up archive shows. Go um, get on iPad, iPod, uh, iTunes. Um, of course, always zero network on foot and listen to archive shows. Appreciate you for doing that. Um, if you're in the Mississippi area, Louisiana, Mississippi area, I want to invite you down to uh post planning convocation in the eighth episcopal district. It's gonna be uh beginning on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday the eighteenth, and going to Friday the twentieth. We're looking forward to a great time. And also if you're in the Jackson area, uh, my my good friend uh Elder Crystal uh Frazier hosts a couponing workshop. And I tell you. Man, I, I I went to this last Keep Hunting Workshop, and then I, I, I put into play what I learned, and I saved a whole lot of money when I went grocery shopping the last time I actually went. <laughs> so that's going to be on um, uh, Saturday, the November 19th, uh, Saturday the 20th, Saturday the 21st, uh, November 21st at the 10 a.m. in the city of Ridgeland. Uh, Ridgeland Library, you're welcome to come there. Hopefully I'll be able to attend that myself. So those are just a couple of plugs I invite you to. Uh, make sure you tune in and uh, stay tuned for more great episodes. Like the show, follow the show, like me, hit me up, and um, we uh, will be back next week with more great topics, and we'd love to hear from you. So you send me an email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at com, so we can get this thing going. Until then, this is me. Pastor Lorenzo Neal, thank you for tuning in, and I'm out of here.
0: Hello. Ah, hello. I got two free smartphones when I switched to MetroPCS. One for him and one for me. Uh, it's not for you. It's for people like me. And parents. Ah. I knew I should have gotten a dog. Get two free Samsung Galaxy J3 Prime smartphones when you switch two lines to MetroPCS and enjoy a 4G LTE network that's more reliable than ever before. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Exclusive numbers on the T-Mobile network are active on MetroPCS in the past 90 days. See store for details, terms, and conditions. Hello. Ah, hello. I got two free smartphones when I switched to MetroPCS. One for him and one for me. Uh, it's not for you. It's for people like me. And parents. Ah. I knew I should have gotten a dog. Get two free Samsung Galaxy J3 Prime smartphones when you switch two lines to MetroPCS and enjoy a 4G LTE network that's more reliable than ever before. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Exclusive numbers on the T-Mobile network are active on MetroPCS in past 90 days. See store for details, terms, and conditions.